Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are joined by comedian Sarah York. How you doing, Sarah? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. This is awesome. Yes, we've been using Zoom to have more guests. That's like the, I guess, the one highlight of quarantine. Also, it kind of makes me see more people than I usually do. I feel like I've been seeing so many faces on Zoom. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I'm hanging out with more comedians. Like people that I like or people that I wanted, like that I knew of, um, that I'm getting to connect with because we're all forced in <laughs> at home. So in some ways it's more social. Yeah, it really it's, is. It's been so weird being at home. Like I've been realizing, I was thinking about it while watching this movie, uh, which is the movie that we're doing this week, Imagine Me and You, um, from 2005, uh, <laughs> I realized that, like, I've gotten to this point where rom-coms aren't enough for me unless they are insane. Like, any movie isn't enough (laughs) for me unless it's insane. I just keep on finding that I have to keep on heightening what I'm watching. And I just keep on, like, like, weird shit. (laughs) Right. Yeah, we're desensitized. Like, like a a rom-com that's tropey and maybe has a few cringy moments. Like, I don't feel anything anymore. I need there to be, like some real there may be a dead body uh there, maybe there's yeah, like, the stakes, the stakes need to be higher for sure i <laughs> because like i i was like browsing through stars the other night and i saw jack and jill like the adam sandler jack and jill and i thought i absolutely need to watch this as soon as <laughs> i get free time <laughs> I I forgot about that movie. I think I I think my brain like literally rejected like the information incoming into it when that movie came out. <laughs> I completely forgot of its existence, and I thought of it when you I think you tweeted that you were watching it, and I was like, oh my god, what is it? Because I had to Google it. I, mean, I was like, yeah. I forgot about that. I yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love um, just the 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 mental image of your brain just rejecting the information. Yeah, just my like brain's like, no, we're, we're actually not taking in. We're not taking in Adam Sandler dressing as a woman for this movie. <laughs> where he falls no. in love with himself, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I keep on wondering. <laughs> <laughs> the duality of Adam Sandler, like he he really does contain multitudes because, you know, we all know that he can act and he can be funny and he can be serious, but he also just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> just yeah. Makes these other movies that are just so, uh, have either of There's you seen the there. Well, speaking of, of an Adam Sandler movie, I read that Imagine Me and You was supposed to be called uh, Click because of like the French term for when sparks fly. And then because, Adam Sandler's movie was coming out that same year. They had a conflict and changed the title to Imagine Me and You because of Adam Sandler's movie Click. That's which makes so sense. Amazing. It was about a literal remote control. <laughs> the fact that we're talking about Adam Sandler and that piece of trip, like that, I didn't know that piece of trivia. So this, yeah. this intro was just organic. Uh, <laughs> all of our brains are on the right plane. <laughs> I'm here for the seamless segues, you guys. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> 
So I this also is- love imagining this movie being compared to Click. Just, you know, if right. they did try to have the same title because they're such different movies. Yeah, like imagine that email chain when, before they figured <laughs> out that before I met, the producers of Imagine Me and You had to like cave and change their film title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, well, <laughs> all right. Like, we're we just going to go that directly. <laughs> I okay. I mean, this, so I'm, this film, now my brain is absorbing that information, and I'm trying to insert Adam Sandler into this movie and imagine how <laughs> I could insert him. Well, this I just film, imagine him like always outside the flower shop, like yelling things. Yeah, he could have been one of the random, uh, really, really strange, like sketch comedy characters that came into her flower shop. Yeah, that. I, I was like, wow, this is a bit that is happening. And sometimes yeah. I love it. And sometimes I'm just just enjoying so that bad. it exists. <laughs> <laughs> so this film is directed by Tandy Newton's husband. Didn't know that. Yes. He I love that he doesn't he doesn't have a name. <laughs> <laughs> that All is how he could be known. I mean, Tandy Newton's husband. I will, I mean, I'm going to have to say his name because he did direct a masterpiece. Um, His name is Al Parker and he directed Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Okay, that adds, that adds a lot of context. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, when I saw that, (laughs) I was like, this checks out. Absolutely. (laughs) For better or worse and in whatever way you want to look at it. (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs) I mean, I love, um, I got Kyle to watch Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, and he legitimately had a great time. So <laughs> I feel like I would watch it with you and Kyle. Um, that would be ideal. I like those I, movies. I, I mean, they're like a party and they're a party and you're like yeah. in you know, a beautiful setting. They're, they are fun. They're what like a, a movie like that should be. Um, and then Imagine Me and You uh, just... For me, it was it wasn't fun. Like it, no, it was kind of, I mean, no, it's not fun. It's like it's so like what happened to this director between Imagine Me and You and then and then directing like an actual literal party on screen like Mamma Mia. I don't know. Yeah this this movie was stressful. <laughs> it stressed me out a lot. Yeah, um, I. So a little bit of context about like my history with this movie. When I first came out, so the movie the movie itself came out like two thousand like five or six. Um, I came out of the closet around two thousand eight, and that's when I saw this movie. The only other time I've seen this movie was in two thousand eight, and then last night. So <laughs> a lot oh, of like wow. life has happened since then. Yeah, and I remember watching this movie for the very first time. And like, when you are realizing your queerness and, and, you know, and especially 10, 15 years ago, there was so little on screen for us that it was everything I'd like clung on to desperately. And I thought it was like the most groundbreaking epic thing ever. So imagine me and you was like, I was like at the edge of my seat, like with tension and excitement and nervousness watching that movie. And it could not be further contrasted from my experience last night watching it. So uh, it, it, it's it's just like, it's so interesting to watch something when you're at that stage in your life and then to watch it so many years later. 
uh, and I, I kind of, I remember at the, like when I first watched this movie, it really, the title caught me because at that time, all of my girlfriends were imaginary. So <laughs> imagining was like, I was like, Oh, I do that all the time. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's so funny how, how being at a, such a different stage and coming out, uh, changes your perspective on it. Cause now I just see this like really clunky kind of like funny, but not intentionally, not intentionally funny where it should be rom-com, I guess is the genre. I don't know. What do you guys think as far as like the comedy part of a rom-com for this movie? Um, I, I mean, like this is a UK film, so I think a lot of the comedy in those films in general are more like quiet and contained. Like, yeah. uh, cause we did the American fever pitch like earlier and I've, I've seen the British fever pitch and it is such a quiet movie. Like it's just a very mm-hmm. quiet movie about Colin Firth really, really liking soccer. And like, it's the joke is that he really likes soccer, but he's not like, you know, like, throwing balls in his girlfriend's face or anything. It's just like, no, he just really likes soccer. And it's, <laughs> yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a quiet conflict. So this movie, like, I feel like the humor is very much like a, I don't know. Have you ever seen death at a funeral? <laughs> no, I haven't. It's, it's kind of like this, like, it's not even like, it's not even like, adventurous British humor because adventurous British mm-hmm. humor is like discomfort. This is just kind of like <laughs> nice core. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I felt... Nice core, like, I definitely understand in terms of British shows. <laughs> like, like I felt like the the dialogue, the, the banter within the movie, some of that was funny and sharp and worked, mm-hmm. but the situational humor didn't work as much. Um, no, I mean, I, I found so little to even like smirk at in this movie. Like, I, I honestly thought the funniest character, and I don't even think this was intentional, was the the child actor in it who played <laughs> the little girl. I, it took me like almost the whole movie to figure out that she was Rachel's little sister. I think is she? I oh had yeah, no, she that's who she was. was. I at least half the movie. I was like, who is this kid, and like, why who, do they all hang out with her? Who is responsible for this child? I just wanted to know, like, who is her legal guardian? <laughs> I think I, yeah, I does then she I have a family? <laughs> what is? Yeah, I I was completely confused about why she was there, but I knew that <laughs> I thought she was funny and a delightful young actor. But yeah, I, I was so confused about her presence, and that is not the first time that's happened with this podcast. There have been a few movies where there was like a funny kid and we had no idea what was going on with that kid. And we're like, right. That's like that's cool, the kind of thing that, that needs funny. a little bit of context in a movie. I keep like, saying I that. No, like, like who, who is driving her home from the wedding? Like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> Right. Is this, does, does this kid have a ride? Is she hitchhiking? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I just kept on what? wondering like what kind of tone this movie should have had. And I feel mm-hmm. like it, should it could have gone one of two ways and i keep on forgetting the second movie i keep on being like i have it um the first one is like it could go for like a love actually kind of thing where it's like really yeah. really corny and then it would totally make sense that this fucking kid is just like talking about life and love and all this shit yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it it was a little too cerebral. I don't. I, I feel weird yeah. using cerebral for this movie, but uh, for for the kid gimmick, even though I liked her, like it was like, yeah, either get a little wackier or try to actually say and or, show something. I, I right. like you're in the I, middle. Yeah, I was thinking also like four weddings and a funeral, which is like the good version of this because it's like you know it's a bunch of. Yeah, social gatherings where people are falling in and out of love and arguing with each other. And I think Four Weddings and a Funeral is a perfect movie, like entirely to the point where I was kind of like offended that they did the miniseries because I was just like, excuse me, this is perfect. But like, yeah. the thing about Four Weddings and a Funeral is that everybody is really mean. <laughs> and <laughs> I almost feel like it's either they got to be really nice or really mean. I feel like this movie yeah. was kind of like, in the middle of that and it needed to make a choice because the men were kind of mean except for like heck um mm -hmm. except for like heck and rachel's um dad but like the the two dudes that are like the friend characters were just like they it's like they, they were, were terrible oh, yeah. another Coop movie was like a Coop was, was awful totally like a men's rights activist type <laughs> yeah but he like, was yeah he was, was like a he he's read all the Jordan Peterson books. Like I, yeah, he, like he would hang every scene with so in like the extended universe. Yeah, I I kind of felt like they took every possible trope. I mean, I, I I would have been okay with like one scene where he had said some off off the cuff remark about like changing a woman's sexuality. You know what I mean? Like everyone, yeah. especially every queer woman, has met that one guy who thinks that he has like a magical dick that's going to make her not gay or whatever, which is like such a silly, it's also like a super, uh, it's, it's it, even that, even that joke is so antiquated that it's like, I don't need him to be that guy in every single scene. Like he could have served some other purpose. And he called right. her a slut at one point. It was just like, Ew. He, like yeah. he called her, it was weird. I, I didn't really understand why the movie wanted us to believe that they would actually become friends because they meet yes, in the most exactly. roundabout way, right? Like basically Rachel is trying to set loose up with him because she doesn't know that loose is gay. And then he's like a misogynist and I don't know why she would want to set anyone up with him. And yeah. then they're in this setting where he like is like, Oh, I could change you. And then they end up meeting up outside of, outside of um rachel and heck and i'm like why would they ever hang out outside of them like, yeah like in what I world would she want to like it, it just, that that didn't make any sense at all and that kind of uh that gave me these weird icky feelings of like i've been in earlier in my coming out phase like let's say like i don't know 10 years ago i definitely remember feeling that way around certain men who you i have felt this almost like an obligation to befriend them just to get them to stop being so fucking weird around me or almost like a, it's almost like a survival mechanism. And that kind of brought those feelings up, which is like not what a rom-com should be doing, you know? Yeah. Like almost like so she's like, this guy so actually really fucked up and I'm just going to yeah. pretend I think it's funny so that he doesn't freak out on me and like, yeah. So he doesn't like kill freaky. me in this car, you know, yeah. it's, it really brought up like that kind of thing. And I, I, I sincerely wonder what, I wonder what that actor thinks about this movie in hindsight. I'm sure, obviously this was made 15 years ago, but still it's, it just, uh, yeah, that was like a weird state. His character was a really, really, really tough thing to watch. Um, and that whole like pickup artist bullshit is so fucking over, but it's so that, but that was sort of like, 
you know, the rom-com trope of like every, the main character guy has like a friend who's a total dog. And then like the Whoa. female friend, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah it's like, like oh, a we all think it's, it's like, so funny and like, oh, it's bad, but also no one's going to call him out and we're all going to be friends with him. Yeah. Well, and then like, like, like an allegation comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I think it's dark, but like. No, it's, but it is dark. Yeah, it's very bleak. Well, I mean, usually it's like the the setup is like there's the regular guy and then there's the very sensitive guy and then there's the very insensitive guy and they're just like a true they're just like a chorus of just like different yeah. opinions and so when they're talking about relationships they all have it's like a it's like a both sides thing. Like we have to have all yeah. the perspectives. Like like the These sensitive are all the one will be like all you need three. to bring like the sensitive one will be like, you need to bring her flowers. And then the yeah. insensitive one is like, you never bring a chick flowers. Like, it's just like, yeah, never, never let a girl know that you know her name, you know, like, it's kind of like, um, like the friends in, uh, like the friends in 10 things I hate about you or not 10 things. I hate, the, how to, I forgot my, I got my numbers movies. Made up. How to lose a guy in 10 days. Matthew McConaughey's friend yes. group is like, these two guys, like in no world would these three men ever hang out together, but they, they're sort of that, like they each represent like one, one factor and together they would mold together and make one good man. But this, yeah, this was missing. This movie was missing a sensitive male character to kind of balance out the like borderline kind of rapey character that Cooper was portraying, you know, like it was just, well, I think that the dad, I think that Rachel's dad is the sensitive male character, which is which is True. just a weird thing to like that's a lot of narrative importance to hang on this father character who's like played by really Giles not from Buffy in that many scenes. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> I mean, I loved him. I loved him in every scene, but it just doesn't I feel like this movie it had so many people and so many moving parts in different like locations for such a basic story. And I just kind of felt like it should have just been like a wedding weekend where they're all like yes. staying in cottages that are near each other. And then it would make sense that we're constantly hanging out with Rachel's dad and like watching his yeah. bad marriage. <laughs> right. It, yeah, exactly. Like the <laughs> This whole thing was like, I fucking hate my wife until the very end when he's like, she's not so bad. Like, that was his yeah, whole Yeah, what? <laughs> like, that whole arc was so weird. It was like, well, obviously, Rachel, you know, uh, your mother and I hate each other, but we will just never get divorced. And I didn't even... Yeah, we like, stayed together for you. That they You're were religious, But it was just like, nope, this is just what we're stuck with. I mean, I just felt like the movie was trying to say that, like, the mom was, like, mean to him, but I could never figure out why she was mean to him and I yeah. can never figure out also why he put up with it <laughs> yeah yeah I also I I another thing I found funny was like I, I got a little confused about um what sort of time uh what sort of chronology we were on in this movie because it seemed to me that the whole thing took place within like maybe two weeks after their wedding or maybe like a month after the wedding which makes um Hector's like his whole trauma about not being fucked enough by his new wife was even funnier when you consider like they've only been married for a few weeks and he's like, Hey, we're not having sex enough. You know, like that. I just like the timing didn't work out for me for him to 
kind of hang on to that like lack of intimacy thing as his pain point that he was bringing up with like he brought it up with his father-in-law and Which, and his you know another yeah that conversation I was like are you really initiating a conversation with your wife's dad about how your wife doesn't fuck you enough <laughs> I was yeah, glad that, I, it, that the father-in-law like said like acknowledged that because I was like there's no way this is a conversation right now that felt that the fact that he brought it up to her dad felt so out of character for how I felt they wanted us to view Heck because mm-hmm. I felt that the movie wanted us to like him and you know he's like a good you know good husband whatever uh like loves her he's just kind of doesn't seem to actually see or sense what she needs and he definitely doesn't when she starts falling yeah. loose. But when he brought that up to her dad, I was like, this is a different, this is what Coop would do. Like, yeah. I, I don't. The, yeah, he's the basically going all over town it. whining about not having sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? <laughs> and, and, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I did realize, obviously, that they hadn't been married for long. But now that you say that, like, they had only been together a year, a year and a half. And, I, and there's nothing in the movie that talks about them having a really sexual or a sexually active relationship that's not like a part of their relationship so it feels like a very flimsy reason for him to be concerned about the marriage it is yeah because they sort of they they allude a couple times to the fact that they're basically just like best friends who got married and I don't think I mean I've known people that are how we're in relationships like that and I don't think the sex was sex was never really like a focal point of the relationship so to build to try to build that there was was a little strange to me um yeah I just uh Hector's character I think kind of went all over the place because he he's sort of this like bumbling sweet guy but then is like ready to throw in the towel when she's not being intimate with him enough it was just very strange and his whole thing about how he like hates his job like I didn't quite understand where he was supposed to fall in the whole job thing, you know, like he has this dickhead boss and, but like, what is his, what was his like motivation for like, what else was he supposed to be doing rather than like working in finance in London or whatever? That was very strange to me. Well, it's like, we don't know enough about their marriage. Cause I mean, when the movie starts, like, I I don't know if we've described the, um, the plot of the movie. It's just like, it, it, it takes place in some, some amount of time. I'm not sure. (laughs) Now I'm thinking about time, but it's like, a woman is like getting married and the woman who brings the flowers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is Lena Headey. So <laughs> she's attracted to her. makes total sense yeah. to me. Um, but it's like they meet at her wedding. And so she gets married. She, she gets married. She says the vows, everything, then immediately meets Lena Headey. And then suddenly the rest of the movie is like, oh, well, maybe getting married was a mistake. And yeah. I, I, that, I don't know why, but that just makes me so angry. Maybe it's just because that's like <laughs> such a fear. That's like a fear of, like, I'm engaged. Like, right. right. So like, it would be, it would be fucking, I would be fucking killing someone if like I got married <laughs> and immediately Kyle just like met a hot guy and was just like, right. And, I'm out. And it's Especially like, like uh, well, and the way that they, their first real contact was they made, Luce and Rachel made like 
the briefest eye contact as Rachel was walking down the aisle. So it would be like if your <laughs> husband, if your fiance was walking, was like standing waiting for you at the altar and like made the briefest eye contact with like one of the cater waiters. <laughs> and then <laughs> and was like, you know what? that relationship after, you know, <laughs> you know what? they're really hot. So, you know, yeah, I, like, I, I don't know what to do with this information. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This movie is kind of like every, like, I remember when I, you know, like came out as bisexual and I started trying to date women and I found out about like gold star lesbians and all that. And I was like dealing with like people just being like, oh, you're not really serious because you've like had dick. Yeah. And I just feel like this, this, this scenario in this movie is almost just like exactly, exa- well, exactly kind of, that. Like, like as soon as we get together, you're just going to want someone else <laughs> of a different gender. What? Right. And when I, so, and funny, funny enough, I am a gold star lesbian. And when this movie, when I saw this movie for the first time, I was like, first, I mean, I barely, I didn't fucking know anything, but I, that was like, that was, I actually felt that way about potentially dating a bisexual woman at that, at that time in my life, 10, 10, 12 years ago, because I was like, well, what if she leaves me for a guy? It's like the dumbest fucking thing ever. But like, we now know that that's biphobia, but, uh, watching it now, I'm just like, this movie is basically a car wreck for like each person involved because from Lena perspective, she is dealing with, you know, a woman who's married to a man who, and like, from my perspective, I have dated women who either were married to men or, um, you know, currently involved with men and, and we're kind of getting out of that. And when I was younger, I thought of that as like this ridiculous obstacle. Like I thought of that as like a red flag when it's really not, I don't, of course it's not, but so I'm looking at this like, Oh no, she's getting herself into like one of my like 2012 situations, you know, like, <laughs> and they just, it did, it, it's the whole thing is so like, you're basically, you're basically doing, you're basically falling in love with someone who is willing to completely blow up her life because you made brief eye contact with her and like took her to a soccer game. She just needs someone like Rachel needs a minute to figure out what she's feeling. And then like two years down the road, you date someone, you date her, you know, you don't date her in the middle of the street. (laughs) Like like two minutes after her husband leaves her. It was, it's like, I felt felt almost robbed in a sense because like, you know, um, in Chasing Amy, one of my favorite movies that I that I defend no matter, like, how fucked up it is. I mean, Chasing Amy is <laughs> fucked up on so many different levels. Not just the biphobia, but, like, the racial stuff, everything. So it's weird. I don't know. Anyway, it's my problematic fave. I, but, like, in Chasing Amy, when Alyssa's like, hey, I've fallen in love with the man, she has a whole panel of lesbian friends who are talking to her about it and like weighing in. And it's like, she has a life and she has friends. I mean, I also think that like everybody got really angry at her for just wanting some dick and that they should have chilled out. Definitely. (laughs) Uh, Like I feel robbed in this movie that Lena Headey doesn't have that. Like, where's her panel of lesbians? It's, she doesn't have one. She, she has, has that little... goofy friend with her, that goofy Irish girl who was with her at the grocery yeah. store, who was like <laughs> making an awkward situation even worse. Like, where is this? What there's and that's such a that's such a thing. Like these little these little lesbians who are like basically they have like the maturity level of like a fourteen year old boy, but they're adult women 
who are like always pushing their friend into like a dumb situation. I've had friends like that. I had friends like that when I was like younger coming out who were just like, go talk to that girl. And I'm like, I don't want to, you know, it's like a whole, she was that friend, but that was not, that in no way was a character that A, needed to be in the movie at all, or B, was one that could have like advised her appropriately. Like, I really feel like Lena Headey's character was so underserved in in her yeah. life. She basically had no friends except for that one jackass in the grocery store with her. Yeah, she just yeah, like, like lives I, with her mother. Yeah, I was yeah. surprised <laughs> that the jackass from the grocery store didn't show up again, you know? I thought yeah, like, that- What was the point of her character? Right, I was like, she didn't really, like, it was already going to be an awkward situation. Like, she didn't yeah. actually need to be there. I guess she heightened that. But I, I felt like that was also a waste, um, like you said, of an opportunity for Lena Headey to actually have a friend to talk to about this. Yeah. Because her character, even though she was in a situation that was very cartoonish, and, like, like saying that they loved each other after hanging out three times, like, you're grown. <laughs> like, <laughs> also, I honestly, that's kind of how lesbians are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I was, not gonna lie. I wonder if they just exactly, actually have accurate. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, the movie was right. They <laughs> nailed it there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they need more time. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I kept thinking, like, you should just actually have sex because they started to make out. But I was like, make each other come and then figure out if you want the exactly. marriage to end. Which yeah. is a messy opinion, but that was really what I thought. I was like, you need to have sex. That's obvious. Yeah. And then figure out if there's anything else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how because, you do it. And I mean, I feel like Heck would have been fine. Like, he seems to be like, if you want to be with me, be with me. If you don't want to be with me, don't be with me. He seems like if she had, like, cheated once and she was like, oh, I'm done, he probably would have been fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. And not everybody Especially is like Especially if it was a woman. <laughs> he strikes me as like that kind of male partner who is would be totally down for her exploring that as long as it didn't mean she was going to blow it up with him right away. Like he would totally maybe if it was another man, he might feel differently. But he definitely was that guy who would be like, that's fine, you know, explore, do whatever. And then uh, we'll figure it out from there. But instead, yeah, that was- I, I did like that sort of tidy. They were so tidy in the way that he. He did the rom-com thing where he's like, I just want you to be happy even if it's not with me, which I have to wonder if that's, I don't, I, I don't think anyone in the world is like that. <laughs> I don't know. Like if my girlfriend was like literally just leaving me for someone else, I would not be like, well, I just want you to be happy even if it's not with me. I would be so no. petty about it. So I mean, no, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, like, I have, 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 have fun. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, there has been a situation. <laughs> There was a situation like in my life where I was with someone and I had the feeling that they wanted to be some be with someone else. So I just broke up with them. <laughs> but right. like, it wasn't like a whole like, it wasn't even like, I just want you to be happy. It's just like, I don't, I know that you want to fuck this other person. And this is weird <laughs> for me. <laughs> right. It's like, not the, a like, lot. Let's yeah, just tap out. Uh, yeah, you're like, I'm just going to tap out of this like, before it gets more annoying. <laughs> right. It doesn't have to be this, like, martyred, martyrdom situation where they're like, oh, I suppose I'll just be the one to hurt as long as you're happy as you, like, watch them sail off with someone else. Oh, my God. Heck, I just, like, that's the way they did it. Heck, just, like, standing on the roof, just, like, moping, looking yeah. out into the <laughs> He has the kind of face that should be standing in the rain crying. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Instead, though, he had his horrifying, misogynistic, possibly violent friend come and confront Luce at her place of work. But anyway. Oh, did yeah. I like, he? He like, had. He called her a dumb slut. Yes. And the fact that she didn't even like respond to that, I was upset because I felt like I felt like Luce would stand up for herself, even though she felt guilty and sad. I felt yeah. like she wouldn't have let him call her that. No, she wouldn't have let that happen. Like she, I, I, she's, I don't know. She's like a business owner. Like, do, don't you have to have some yeah. sort of like backbone to like do that sort of thing? Um, and her, speaking of her business, I feel like that, again, like to go back to the flower shop being like, where they really yes. tried to wedge in the comedy was in that, in that flower shop. Like the lady, the lady customer, the customer that came in, the woman who, started but see this is the thing about this movie even in moments that i can tell they were trying to make the comedy kind of part of this ended up being so horrifying there's this scene and then one that i'll bring up in a second but the scene where the woman comes in and is getting a bouquet of flowers for her boyfriend because she's going to tell them she's going to tell her boyfriend that she's pregnant and then it devolves into her being a crying mess and saying he's gonna hate me and i'm like do we need to call someone for this woman? Like, I kind of feel like she might be in like a bad situation. Like it just became this dark fucking weird scene that was not in any way funny. And it was so weird. And the other scene that I know they tried to make funny, and this just like confirms that it was a straight man that directed this and probably that wrote it for all I know. But anyway, the scene where Rachel takes her, takes heck into the, into the woods to like have adventurous sex, I suppose. And they, oh my God. they meet with those two or those two men who were behind the tree come out and they're men who are retreating into the woods to like have sex or fool around safely. And they have that conversation where she's like, we're married. And they're like, we can't get married. Like, it was so fucking sad. And I'm like, it was so depressing. I had no idea what that scene was trying to do. Like, I was like, what was it? I think they, I, mean, I think was that the was supposed to be point funny. of that. Like, it's not even like she realized, like, it wasn't like after that, she started to realize, like have a realization about inequality or anything. It was just like, Oh no, it she was, was there. <laughs> She was like, that was funny. And it's like, no, that's actually terrible no, that's because really they're in sad. the forest. Like, they're like, oh, it's so funny that these men are in the forest with us. <laughs> we were doing this for fun to spice up our relationship. But I guess yeah. they feel like they need to do it here. And like, right. and they both have the same name. They were both named Michael, I think. Oh, God. I know. Like, and they had matching outfits. I was that. like, do you have to do like the twin couple thing right now? Like, how many <laughs> stereotypes do we have to have in this right. movie? One of them might as well be like sh- singing like some sort of show tune or something. Yeah, like they they, they do like a choreographed dance before the number. <laughs> yeah, they like, do a number from like Hello Dolly or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and in that moment, Rachel realizes how much she wants yeah. news. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was just such an ill-advised. Like even for two thousand six, I'm like that's that's bad. Yeah, it, I was I was trying to imagine people reading it over who did not write the script and saying, "Oh yeah, that seems great." <laughs> yeah, this checks out. I bet all all yeah. of the male executives, all the straight male executives on that movie were like, "Yeah, this is hilarious. Go, just go with it." Yeah, and that was that was the uh, the second time that marriage laws were mentioned because I remember when when Luce told Heck 
she's like oh yeah i'm i'm gay like he was like she's like i guess i would get married maybe if the laws change you know like yeah uh, and then he was just like oh nice that's awesome <laughs> and like yeah <laughs> I, I know and I, he was also like the, was like was, what a weird exchange <laughs> right it was a very weird exchange Sorry, i think wine yeah, I think I think honestly, when Heck came into the flower shop and and Luce and Rachel had been making out, and then you know Luce has to go out and help him, and he's basically telling her like, you know, um, Rachel's distant, and I don't know what's going on, so I'm trying to get her flowers, and and we're all supposed to feel bad, and I did feel bad for him in that scene, and yeah. you know, it was a classic like kind of tropey like, you know, oh somebody almost got caught doing something they shouldn't and now they feel bad and this other person you know we see both uh different anxieties at once um but when when he came in and he's talking to Luce and and then she goes back and Rachel has run away I just wanted Rachel to stay so that they could just fuck and then like end their chaotic god I know (laughs) let me tell you I yeah. feel so I I feel personally I feel robbed for not having any sort of sex scene in this movie. Like I yeah, could watch Matthew McConaughey like have the clothes, you know, uh super hot makeout really. Yeah. Yeah, cuz even the makeout was like chaotic because there were there were some flower remains and so Luce yeah. got like <laughs> she got like thorns in her back. I was yeah. like, Jesus. <laughs> Let her have this. Are you punishing her right now? What's going on? They're this punishing movie us. Is like we no know the ones sexual <laughs> energy at all. Like that was right. There's nothing. It's and I mean, like the fact that it was written and directed by a straight man. I feel like says so much because I feel like he was just like this will be really romantic and this will be sweet and like <laughs> this is like I feel like he was just like I'm gonna do a good thing I'm gonna make this movie I'm gonna make a movie yeah. for the gays like <laughs> he really thought he was giving us something like really you can tell they like really thought like oh man I'm gonna I'm gonna be immortalized forever as a gay rights icon for this movie <laughs> I mean, it, all he had to do was wait to do Mamma Mia 2. That's that's a gayer movie than this. That is one of the gayest movies, I would say, ever. So, <laughs> uh, I yeah, the, the thing... So my girlfriend and I were talking about this last night after we watched it, and now she was like... I kind of felt like that was, I don't know, like 95 to 110 minutes of building up to like basically two makeouts. And also when you think about the characters, they they really didn't spend hardly any time together. And it was just like, kind of what you said earlier, Jordan, they could, this could have been so well established had it been like in a contained, like, you know, weekend or something, but yeah. it was just like, they had a couple moments of like weirdness with each other. And the kind of moments that I would have had with someone when I was like 20 years old, because like she smelled really good, you know, like, like little things, but I'm not going to fucking blow up anyone's life over it. You know, I I have to wonder how this movie would have played out now. Like how this exact, like, what do you think this movie looks like if it's made in 2020? Like a good, like a successful version Um, of it? Yeah. Like if it was just, cause I sort of, I have, I, I don't think we really, have like 
a good solid rom-com that's just about two women yet am i uh, maybe i just haven't seen i am notoriously behind on queer culture but like no, as far as I, yeah, a good one uh, yeah it's very, a good one. It's very hard like there, right. are, there are good lesbian movies but like it's I don't know. There's always like a thing, like there's always like a situation, like the handmaiden, there's like a whole situation and portrait yeah. of a lady on fire, whole situation bound. Like there's always yep. something like a big macro thing. It's never just like two gay women just chilling. Like I yeah. think maybe the closest I could think of is this movie called Suicide Kale that I reviewed over like a really long time ago. But even Suicide Kale is like, yeah, it's gay women hanging out and like having dinner together, but also like they find a suicide note. So even that, it's like, it's yeah, there's like, always a whole thing. We don't have like a we don't have like a good low stakes, you know, uh, like a Saturday afternoon at four o'clock kind of movie. Yeah, like we don't have we don't have a How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. We don't have fucking um, what are the other ones that every the straight girls all like. Uh, my best friend's wedding. Yes. Oh God. Have you guys done that one yet on the show? Yes. My best. Yes, we have. Yeah. Oh, what a horrific, what a horrific nightmare. <laughs> what, what a scary movie. Wasteland. What a, what a <laughs> terrifying <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Cause like, I don't like, they're really, oh, that really we bothers don't have me. We not that yet, you know? And so that's yeah. why this movie, this movie though is kind of the, it's, it's, it sucks because you can tell how how like barren this landscape is for queer women because this movie is still cited as like oh a rom com like what's a gay rom com oh imagine me and you like what how, why is this movie still getting cited as like an option for us if we want some sort of like kind of cheesy afternoon movie you know it, it's like I, it kind of like it made me really energized to not only find a film like that, but to fucking make one. Like I'm actually, yeah. I'm literally like trying to write one of those right now. So it's hard though, because like, I don't, I want to write something that's so like self-aware and just, you know, something that should play on TNT in the afternoon. Cause I think those are important. Those are good films in a lot of ways. But I think that all of these queer movies that have come out lately, like, like Portrait of Lady on Fire and those things, they have this, there's so much pressure to create something that's like Oscar bait or that's like just so like important. So serious or, yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah. I was thinking about not, disobedience while I was watching. Have you seen Disobedience? <laughs> no, not yet. Oh my God. I have not. I, seen, I, can't, I can't bring myself. <laughs> I saw it in the middle of the day, which I don't know why. Something about that's funny to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a funny movie to start at 2 p.m. Yeah, <laughs> like I saw it in the middle of the day, like in like Union Square or something. <laughs> yeah, it's that's that's a lot of movie for your afternoon. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You gotta have a whole evening after that movie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I did I I mean my my best experience watching Disobedience because I reviewed it was just like a screener because then I could like rewind during like the spitting in each other's mouth scene uh-huh. and just be like, ah. Oh, I know. Cinema. They're both so hot. The Rachels. I love them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I think that it's well, I think that what's, what's the queer movies is that like, there's, there's, uh, you, you know, the fucking ending when you start it, especially with a period piece, obviously because of the time period in which it takes place, there's a built in 
tragedy waiting to happen in all these movies. So I think there just has to be one. And then I will say, Imagine Me and You does have like ostensibly a happy ending. What we think of in rom-com, in rom-com, rom-com terms, the happy ending is the two leads standing in the middle of the chaos making out, you know, that's that. And that right, movie right. does give us that, I will say. Um, but I just think we need more. We need, we have got to, we've got to get like a 2.0 version of this movie before I lose my mind. <laughs> yes. Cause yes. also like so much of this movie is still focused on the relationship between heck and Rachel. Like exactly. it's like, 90% in of it. a way, yeah. like I, he gets, as much or more screen time than Luce. So it's like, we have more time of just them breaking up than actually Luce and Rachel hanging out. I honestly think he, if you actually broke it down, he probably has more lines than anyone in the entire movie in the final cut yeah. of the movie. Because oh, like, like what's the point of that scene where he like, he gets, he's sitting at work and he's negotiating the, the numbers on the business call. You know, they yes. never what he does. They're just like, the numbers, money. Like, <laughs> and he has that dickhead boss who has like, three scenes and then he quits his job that scene could have been entirely cut and we would have lost nothing because it did nothing we All also didn't give an excuse to come home drunk that night and hear her confession and pretend to be asleep of course but that could have been that that could have been done in like one line of dialogue yeah he could have been drunk and also honestly i got annoyed that they showed him again at the end um on at the very end they show him on a plane and he's writing a book which we never heard him say anything about wanting to be a writer and that also annoyed me i was like oh cool so now he can just write a book because he was in finance so he has the money of course (laughs) i like went on a weird spiral about that you like got a book for sure yeah Yeah, i was like uh (laughs) fucking publishing bullshit and and then this woman's there and they have this moment and i'm like this isn't about him. This movie's not about him. Who cares? He'll be fine. He's handsome He's and he has fine. money. Like he'll be okay. Like yeah, we don't. We didn't need that. He was gonna yeah. be okay. <laughs> I just I got so annoyed that it ended with him. It is. It was. It was so so focused on him, and it just did not need to be that way at all. Um, I also have a really hard time. This is such a weird side note, but like. I'm, my brain is so poisoned in so many ways by Game of Thrones. And I had a really hard time <laughs> watching this and every Lena Headey scene not seeing like Cersei Lannister. And then I felt bad for, this is like a total aside, but I, I felt bad for the actress Lena Headey because I think that that's probably how she's going to be viewed forever as Cersei Lannister. And I just couldn't do it. But then I was like, well, she made like $10,000 trillion on that movie so she, or on that show. So she's fine. Yeah, well, actually, my my distraction was that every single time I looked at Piper Perabo, I just kept on thinking about Lost and Delirious, which I watched for the first time recently and thought was fucking insane. I've never I seen that. not expect not it to be like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> what, if, what if I told you that I saw Piper and I thought of Cheaper by the Dozen? <laughs> Am I allowed <laughs> to still be on the podcast? That I was perfectly first. fine. Wait, have you seen Lost and Delirious, Sarah? No. Wait, what? Okay, okay. Wow. wow, wow, okay. You, this... would be, you, would, you personally would be so horrified by the amount of movies I have not seen. Okay, but <laughs> Lost I, I horrify her all the time. She's always like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm literally, okay, I'm gonna literally, I'm gonna end this, we're gonna end this episode talking about Lost and Delirious. <laughs> Hold on. Because like, okay. Lost and Delirious is a movie from like, I think like 2001, like early 2000s about these girls at like an all girls school. And it's like Misha Barton 
and um, the woman who plays Megan Draper when when Don Draper gets married again, her, and then it's Piper Parabo, and basically Piper Parabo is like <laughs> fucking Megan Dra- Megan Draper, and then abruptly like their fam- her family is homophobic, and her sister finds out, and so she has to stop, and so she immediately just like starts like dating a guy so that her family won't be upset, and then Piper Parabo like becomes like the angriest most violent lesbian like she spends the whole rest of the movie just like reciting poetry and like going on like angry diatribes and like just like rolling up on her and just being like you're mine and just like wow she just like spends the entire the whole rest of the movie just like obsessing about her and just being like we used to have sex every night and you don't touch me anymore and you sleep in your own bed anymore and it's like they are in high school Oh my god, I have to see this. It's so crazy. (laughs) An aptly titled film. Girl, you are both lost and delirious. (laughs) It's just it's just after Piper Parabo plays the most intense lesbian I've ever seen. Like she plays she's so like understated in Imagine Me and You. She's just like this, she's this sort of little like demure, like like kind of damsel in distress girl who I would recognize a mile away now in this point in my life is being like, don't go near that girl. She's going through it. She's about to blow it up with her husband. You don't want to be a part of this. This is going to end in uh, complete madness and like a series of like huge block texts at 4 a.m. She's going to be beating down the door of your apartment because he kicked her out. It's going to be drama. And I also thought today, I was like, you know what? What would the car- the the couple Rachel and Luce be like today? Like, because when I was when I watched this movie in two thousand six or two thousand like eight or whatever, I thought like, oh my god, goals! Like, I want to be. I mean, I, again, I was uh, extremely like unkissed at that point. Like, I was I was Josie Grossy. Extremely like, unkissed. I was not. I was. I cannot. Ex- it, there could not be a less Such a great way to put it at that point in my life but like <laughs> I watched that and I thought like oh my god I would love to be in that couple like she is so perfect they're perfect together that's all I want and then now all I thought when I watched this movie last night was like god I bet they'd be the most insufferable couple at a party I would hate hanging out with those two because you know they're just the worst. They're like the sitting worst. on each other's laps all night. Yeah. Like, or they're like bitterly fighting in the corner all at like a party. You know what I mean? Like they strike yeah. me as one of those couples who's like, who got together really hot and heavy and then got married and then now are like, like they sort of bicker in social events and it's strange. Or they like they, have a they kid can't and they're actually like, just go hang out. and just Yeah. Be- or they have a kid and they're sort of quietly anti-vax, but like you, nobody talks about it. That's kind of <laughs> I got from them. Oh, for sure, anti-vax guys. <laughs> they're definitely anti-vax. medicine instead of actual <laughs> medicine. Yeah, they're like during during this pandemic, they would be like the couple who's like very quietly upstate at the house that like you didn't actually know that they owned until now. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, Rachel and Luce own a house upstate. Like I had no idea, but they're there it, right it, now. It's, it, yeah, <laughs> it's gigantic. They have a pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <like>. Yeah. <laughs> so many secrets oh i'm glad i rewatched it though i'm so happy to have done this because i really needed to watch this movie in such a drastically different part of my life as like a 34 year old completely secure in her sexuality having been through like 25 relationships and being like happy where i am as opposed to like really like 
on the edge of her seat, un, you know, zero confidence whatsoever, barely out to my friends, not out to my family. Like everything that I see is just this epic, like mental nightmare of a thing. So it was really fun to watch this movie and, and kind of experience it in both in these phases of my life. Yeah. Did you blast. feel like, like almost like the movie lost its power? Like it oh, had God, power completely. and, and now you're like, Oh, this, I need to make something way better than this. Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to make like six or seven shitty rom-coms for lesbians. I, that's all we need to do. That's or beautiful. In general. Everyone else has, why the fuck can't we do it? There's so many <laughs> as, as Jordan and I know, there are so many shitty rom-coms. We, yeah. We've done 130 of them now, and we still have a document with hundreds. I'm and sure. You're like at the tip ones. of the iceberg with rom-coms. Yeah. So, so I mean, I seven? Seven at the minimum. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We've earned it. Like, <laughs> And I totally want to read these scripts. Like, Jesus, oh, I'm going to send just, them to you, yeah. Yes, I'd love to read a script by, about people who are not straight. You don't know how many scripts. <laughs> I I don't want any straight people to be like, like, I just, I want something where the sexuality of the two characters is not like a point of conflict in the plot. You know, it just like, it just happens to be that. Like, they're not going to be, it's not like spending half the movie. I watched, I was like, I was, um, I'm screening films for this queer film festival in New York that I think they're going to do virtual this year. And I watched like an eight minute movie where it was just like two lesbians arguing about like who makes more money. (laughs) (laughs) That is so, that's too real. I can't. (laughs) Also, like, how was that even an argument? Like, pull out your W2s, girls, figure it out. (laughs) What was this? Yeah, what was what this was is a pass fail situation? <laughs> I don't. It was just. It was so weird. I like that. I just. It was. It wasn't even a full film, which I had to mention that in my screen notes. But it was just like these two people who really want to argue with each other for like the first four minutes, and then they spend the last four minutes having that argument, and like so, and and none of it has to do with like gay angst or anything. They're just fucking yeah. tired of each other. <laughs> You know what? That's gay rights. I love that. I love that we can just be terrible too. <laughs> but uh, so, rec- so like the recommendation, I would say that like if you want to watch, some- I watch Mamma Mia too. Watch all of the movies that Sarah is going to write. <laughs> so yes, exactly. I mean, yeah, I can't give a I can't give a hearty endorsement to this movie to anyone, but the people who would get something out of it have already seen it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's reached its expiration date. Yeah. For having a, I don't know. A maybe like a, like a, like a Christian girl that's in the closet. My, my, I'll definitely watch this. this. <laughs> at least you'll see two girls make out at the very end. <laughs> I'm going to send this to some people. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh, that's oh, awesome. God. Thank you so okay. much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> oh my God, this is a blast. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks for being on. Is is there anything that you would like to plug? I mean, is anyone, got any like Zoom comedy I mean, shows? Is anyone doing anything now? I don't know. I'm kind of like hiding out in LA at the moment. Uh, I would say just follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Sarah York. And yeah, I'm going to be working on some stuff in the near future when all this uh, 
I don't want to say, I hate when people say when all this is over, because it's absolutely not going to be over. <laughs> it's going to change things, but it, we're not, you know. Um, but yeah, on the other side of it, I'm going to be coming out with some fun projects that you'll see on Twitter and Instagram. Yay! Well, I will definitely be watching. Thank you. Uh, and uh, so this has been the Bad Romance Podcast. We are part of the Lunar Light Studio. So definitely check out all of their other podcasts. Our theme song is sung by Clutch Douglas. Definitely give them a listen on Bandcamp. Uh, subscribe, rate, uh, you know, be nice to us. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, um, be our friends or, yeah. or enemies, whatever. whatever subscribe to our Patreon, <laughs> Bad Romance Pod at Patreon. And, you know, give us money, take care of us. You know, this is a hard time. <laughs> Yeah, sure. In these yeah. unprecedented times, please, please subscribe. Please, please leave subscribe. us a rating on iTunes. Yes, <laughs> we yeah, because we're just gonna keep doing this podcast. We're just gonna keep. Yeah, we're gonna. We're on a boat, and we have not seen land, and we're gonna just be on the boat. Just keep going. And the the ocean is just the bad romantic comedies. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing us. well. Uh, <laughs> I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Robin Isaac. And I'm Sarah York. Bye. 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 Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.